Hey guys and welcome to Quality Shot and the inaugural Quality Shot Tennis Awards of 2021. And we've got two special guests, Stephen and Gil. Uh, Stephen from The Slice and Gil Gross from Monday Match Analysis. And of course, Venu as always as well. How are you all doing? Fantastic. All good. Ready to go. Likewise. Ready. <laughs> cool. Let's get straight into it then. Uh, so for those who don't know, we're going to be going through the ATP categories first. I'll timestamp it after this video as well, so you guys will have it uh, when you're watching. And same with the WTA. And then we'll go through, which I'm sure is the most, I guess, the best award I guess you could potentially give out, which is best player of the year, either WTA or ATP, which is combined award. Uh, so there's a few awards, nine, I think, awards for each. Some of them will be pretty straightforward. I'm sure some will have some discussion around them. Uh, but yeah, let's dive in. Um, Grand Slam match of the year. Stephen, what have you got for that? Grand Slam match of the year. It's a tough one because, um, you know, there's different levels to like match year, right? Like I think maybe the most insane match I watched was uh, Alcaraz beating Sitsipas um, as far as like entertainment level, like coming of age for someone who I think we'd all agree could be a massive, massive star. Both of them are massive stars. Um, but I mean, yeah, the Grand Slam finals, like Djokovic winning the French Open, that final, you could argue for that. Great, like his second French Open. So I'm just going to go with Alcaraz beating Sitsipas because in my opinion, that was my my favorite match of the year. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Gil, what's your thoughts? Are, are we doing men's or, yeah, or men's combined? ATP. Okay, men's, that's yeah. what I thought. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's for me. It's Nadal Djokovic in the in the semifinals in Paris. Um, that match has been somewhat scrutinized as like a match of the year, and I get it. It was only really good for three sets. Rafa didn't have anything left in the fourth, and you know, generally we think epic matches. We think, well, you need usually five good sets for a match of the year, if not four. And this one only had three, but uh, the level that was reached for in the third set, especially, which is one of the best sets I've ever seen and, and the magnitude of the match and, and what ended up happening. Uh, I, I still think it's match of the year. Was it a great year for Epic matches in grand slams? Honestly, not uh, to me, this one was the best. No, that's fair. Interesting. Vanny, what about you? Um, I always like a, a, a comeback, um, a five set, the five sets of this one. It's the, um, I should have opened third round, but Dominic team, Came back from two sets down against Nick Kyrgios, and um, that was that was a, a really good match. And um, I'm always a fan of teams one-handed backhand as well. But um, yeah, the fact that he came um, two sets of love down to that game, I thought that was a fantastic comeback. So yeah, comeback, I would say. Comeback of the year. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that's not one of the awards, so you can give that if you want <laughs> to that one. Fair enough. But just quickly on that, Vanu, I that's a match and Gil. I think I agree with Gil. Like that was probably the highest level tennis we saw throughout the year was in that match, Djokovic versus Nadal for that for that shorter period of time, like you said. Yeah. And Venu, in I, we did a poll on this on the slice where you know we and we I included the the team Kyrgios match because I thought the theater of that match was unmatched. Like it was like Kyrgios was like a gladiator being brought in by the crowd to like face team who was honestly set up to have arguably one of the best years of his career could have maybe dominated ended up not and getting injured, et cetera. But that match was insane. And yeah, team having to come back and hitting it like winner, winner backhand up the line to win. And just like kind of like pointing at the crowd. It was like, 
I was so amped. It, that was my probably favorite match of the year, but I think match of the year was probably what, what Gil said. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think the most dramatic was potentially that, although since past Alcaraz, I was definitely on the edge of my seat, but there might be a bit of recency bias having watched that uh, more recently. But yeah, the Kyrgios team one was nuts. I mean, I remember he obviously loves the crowd, um, especially in Australia. And I thought it was just dramatic, uh, to say the least. The round before was pretty great as well. Kyrgios went five sets with Umber, and that was an awesome Umber, match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. facts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He just uh, dug deep after hardly training at all before that. Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Typical Kyrgios. I, I've got a left field suggestion. Uh, I'm going to chuck it in there as a grenade, but I feel like it won't stick. Is uh, Korda Hatchinov in the round of 16 at Wimbledon. So that ended... 10 8, everyone's like, the fifth set that nobody could hold serve, exactly. Yeah, yeah. mainly just for the drama. And the, maybe that's the funniest moment, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think we've got two of you saying Nadal Djokovic semi final, Roland Garros. Um, I'm happy to go with that. Uh, Benny, are you guys happy with that as well? Are you sticking with that? I'm I'm happy. Yeah. I, I I'd change my vote to what Gil said. Nice, very good, cool. Yeah, I mean, I definitely can't disagree with the quality. It was definitely the the best match of the year in terms of quality. I thought in the Grand Slam, so that was uh, something to behold. And as an Adal fan, I maybe shed a tear, but it was great quality nonetheless. But <laughs> <laughs> very very good match. Um, I guess that leads us on to ATP match of the year. So obviously, for those watching. Uh, includes ATP Finals, Masters, uh, 1000s, 500s, 250s, 125s if you want as well. But I'm assuming they'll probably be more high level than that. Um, Steven, do you want to go first? Man, so I'm coming on this shooting off the hip just off of memory. And I and I feel I feel there's a lot. I To me, it's a tie between Djokovic, Medvedev, Paris final. This is probably recency bias as well. And Djokovic, Zverev, ATP final, semifinal. I thought both of those matches were incredibly high quality from both players, tight, and the tactics that, you know, especially in the Paris final that Djokovic put into play that to beat to beat Medvedev were pretty cool to watch. Um, and then I thought Zverev played pretty special um, to beat to beat Djokovic in ATP finals. So I can't really decide. If I had to say one, I'd probably say the Paris final just because it was a final. <laughs> and it was the two <laughs> best players in the world. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to go pretty... I'll jump in, actually, just because I feel like maybe none of you have put this, potentially, but Djokovic Zverev Olympic semi-final. Uh, so, obviously, I that didn't was... I know that counted. Yeah, that, oh. I mean, well... It's, That's it's not, not an ATP match. match. It's not an ATP <laughs> <laughs> It's got its own category of Olympic matches. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Call me up on my rules, fair enough. Okay, fine, we won't, we won't include it. I just thought it, it was so good. It has to be included somewhere, but... Yeah, it's um, true. It was so good. Well, well, then a notable mention, then, for that, obviously, that was one of... I think that was the only time Djokovic was a setup went on to lose a match uh, the whole year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so as in he took the first set and then went on to lose. So was, obviously Zverev was a set and a breakdown and then went on to to win that in pretty dramatic fashion. But I've also got here Nadal sits a pass um, Barcelona final. I thought that was really high quality. Oh, yeah. Um, Venu, what do you think? And then we'll go to Gil last. I've gone for like a left field option. I've gone for... Um, the Italian Open round of 16, where Denis Shapovalov um, made a really good um, fight against Rafa Nadal. Yeah. And Nadal really had to come back there. He, um, so Shapovalov, Shapovalov, 
how do you pronounce it? Just say chapeau. It's fine. Chapeau. Um, yeah, he all, he came out the blocks, won the, won the first set, and um, then Nadal had to really play his best tennis to overcome him. But that was some really good tennis, and um, yeah, and yeah, I, I just thought that was a great game to watch. Gil? Nadal played so many incredible matches, probably to his dismay over the course of the clay court season, Rublev. And uh, one of my candidates would definitely be the, the final he played in Barcelona against Tsitsipas. That was like three hours, 42 minutes, but quality wise, my favorite match was Djokovic Tsitsipas in the Rome semifinal. Um, I felt that one was, had the, the dramatic twists and turns. It went deep into a third set and I felt like both players were at their A plus uh, throughout that match. So, okay, we will come with different answers. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> so, so, Stephen, do you are you happy with stick with yours? Do you have any? As, as, have any of these matches sounded good? Or uh, they're all good. You know, it's one of those things. You other guys bring it up, and I remember how good they were. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's probably his recency bias, but I'm I'm sticking with Paris final. I thought it was. Uh, great and usually you don't get like the end of the season is kind of boring but i thought it was pretty pretty awesome this year just because i feel like those three guys uh really got pretty high level on the on the indoor fast courts like i just thought they're all three of their levels were pretty sweet yeah Lenny, any changes of heart we're just happy to stick with yours i'm sticking with mine <laughs> we'll give it to Nadal since that's only because I mentioned it and Gil mentioned it as well. So I feel like that's the only one that's been mentioned twice. I didn't realize uh, like there needs to be almost like an official winner here. Like, yeah, of like, course. The, yeah. The quality shot like announces <laughs> the winner. Yeah, exactly. People are waiting for it. They're waiting for it to hear about it. <laughs> exactly. You'll see it on Tennis Child Gil. It'll be announced. It'll be, in yeah. it'll be like breaking yeah. news. <laughs> breaking news. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and the next one's the most exciting tournament of the year. So that can be Grand Slam or ATP. Uh, so whatever you whatever you fancy. This one should Gil, be I don't quick. Think... <laughs> really? Okay. Gil? It should? Uh, you can go first. I don't think you should. I, I, well, I don't know. Go on, Gil. What's your pick? Most exciting well, tournament. Well, look, I, I, honestly, I've kept two categories blank out of all of them. And, and this is this is one of them. I just couldn't I couldn't decide. I mean, the, the French was amazing. Uh, the final weekend of it was amazing. So, I mean, I'm going to go with that tentatively. But I, I would say uh, I'm uh, open to uh, other answers. Stephen, you, you seem very, very determined. What's your answer? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, Gil was at the U.S. Open in person, and and uh, I just thought that that tournament was from start to finish full crowd. The only thing the French Open yeah. was great. And there were some amazing matches. The only thing is like you're watching Federer beat um, whoever he played, the guy who's freaking out. Um, forget his name, oh, yeah. German guy. Um, Kopfer. Uh, yeah. With no crowd. It's like, it's just, that's just such a buzzkill to me, like as far yeah. as like an entertaining tournament. But the US Open, I've heard, like we heard everyone talk about it, start to finish, every match, it seemed men and women's was like, there's so many epic matches. And then maybe it's biased because I'm Canadian, but like the run to the finals <laughs> of Leilani Fernandez and, or is this just men's right now? Just men's, yeah. yeah. Okay, sure. And, well, and anyway, still, Medvedev beating Djokovic in the final, like the excitement of Djokovic going round by round by round, losing the first set, coming back to win it. One match left to get, you know, history, biggest history we probably any, any of us would see in, in tennis didn't happen, but it was just like, I thought the excitement there was next level. So that's mine, mine for me. Okay. 
Let me just say, I agree. I just felt like the men almost got overshadowed by the awesomeness of the women yeah. throughout that tournament. And I think kind of everyone felt that way. And that's why I wasn't, I wasn't really ready to like put that on the men's side. Fair enough. But. To be, to be fair, I had Roland Garros as well, just because I thought uh, the two semis, so obviously it was in Adal Djokovic, which we gave the match of the year. Uh, and then also Sitsipas as well in the other semi was pretty dramatic because I went to five. That was like a war of attrition. And then, Sitsipas being two sets to love up, and then some yeah. people might say choking, but you know, either way, Djokovic coming back in pretty like scintillating fashion. Um, but I'm happy to go to the US Open. That was a really good event as well. Um, and to be fair, you had Djokovic Zverev in the semis. That was a pretty good match. A bit disappointing for parts, but uh, probably that last set from Zverev, but he did okay. Venny, what do you think? Yeah, I thought US Open was, was great, and I think. Um... You know, I think we need to do it. If we would do it combined between women's and men's, US Open probably get it. But I put French Open. Yeah. Um, the quality of tennis in the French was was phenomenal in the men's side, especially as you were saying. The last weekend was great. To great, some of the tennis was unbelievable. Okay, let's go to the US Open because I feel like uh, Stephen and Gil and I'm happy to split either way. So that's fine. Yeah, US Open okay. it is. Yeah. I thought Gil was saying French Open, but yeah, fair enough. Oh, did, he? I was. did he? Yeah. Oh, did he not? Did he not change it? Oh no, he didn't. No, I didn't. I I was saying for for the women, if you combine it, I agree. Oh, okay, but fine. I think I think okay. the U.S. Open should get it for the women to skip ahead and. I see. Maybe, okay, maybe fine. Not okay. Oh, Sorry, Stephen. Roland Garros. Then it's all good. Sorry? We're not doing combined grand, combined men and women's best Grand Slam, are we? No. It's better be the no, U.S. No. Open, surely. Yeah. We can decide when we get to women's. <laughs> yeah, I think the women's will probably be the US Open, but yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, spoiler alert! Know. Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I don't know. Maybe someone's 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 not saying they, <laughs> exactly. they have it. They, they they have a bomb to drop a little bit later on. That's yeah, true. Roland Garros twenty twenty one. It is then most exciting tournament of the year. Uh, apologies for those who got trigger happy with the US Open. Um, upset of the year then. Um, so no what brain, do we though. think? So this is all of the tournaments, including the Olympics, including ATP, what is, including Grand Slams. Everything. What does this have to include? Like, I would love to do a little, just quickly, yeah. I know we can't spend a million minutes on each one of these. That's does okay. upset mean, like, highest ranking difference or, like, most like most influential upset? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think you guys know where I'm going here. It's like, yeah. there was most one match where the guys were basically no, the same level, but it was a massive upset. You can't define it, though, right? Doesn't that take the fun away if you define it and then there's, like, an answer? Right. Yeah. I, then there's like a mathematical. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. You're right. But. Offer interpretation. Um, Venny, do you want to go first? Go on. Has to be Medvedev um, over overcoming Djokovic in the oh, US wow. Open final. Okay. See, this is where it's going to get very contentious. Yeah. Okay, interesting. It, 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 it will because I don't know. I, I before the I don't know. Well, I don't. I, I don't. I wasn't shocked enough at that. I guess okay. for me to pick that, and it, yeah, that was very important. But I wasn't surprised enough, um, except you know maybe the fact that it was straight sets and so decisive. Yeah. Um, I, I would I have Alcaraz over Tsitsipas, but I do want to give a shout out to uh, um, the Davis Cup victory by um, I have it written down so I can find it, but over Diego Schwartzman. Nobody watched this match, oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think it can win because nobody was watching. Like However, <laughs> yeah. from an odds perspective, if that's how we're doing this, Stephen, uh, that was one of the biggest upsets in sports history. So <laughs> I want to give a shout out. That's okay. true. Okay. Stephen? 
I'm gonna say Holger Rune beating Benoit. Pe I'm, I'm just kidding. Benoit. <laughs> Pe I'm, I'm like 99% sure. Don't tell Holger I said this because uh, he is a friend of the show. But uh, I think I think Pear threw that match for him. But anyways, um, not really a shocking, not really a shocking thing to say. I don't think. <laughs> no. I would have to say Karatsev beating Djokovic in Serbia. Belgrade, yeah. That was, I watched one, that match a lot, and I thought the level was crazy. Djokovic obviously wanted to win. It's his home tournament. He had to come back a second time in, to Belgrade to win the tournament. And the way that Karatsev, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think he, stopped, he saved 24 break points or something against Djokovic in that match. Like in a yeah. three-set match. Like, that has got to be the most break points that Djokovic has not converted on. That's like a Federer stat right there. So it's like, it was, and it wasn't like he was just saving them because Djokovic choked. Like he would, like Karatsev would hit an unforced error, be break point, And then he'd hit a preposterous up the line backhand yeah, or yeah. like screaming winner on the line. And Djokovic was, he couldn't, he just couldn't do it. And it was a 250 on clay in Serbia. No one really cared, but Djokovic cared, obviously. Yeah, Djokovic cared, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was a mat. And, you know, even though like Karatsev was fully on the scene, he was going through a lull, I think, at that point of, like, not really doing anything. And it was a pretty, yeah. in my eyes, pretty shocking upset, even though I did put money on Karatsev to win. And it came <laughs> through. Anyways. I feel like that's why it's so, it's, it's so clear in your memory, the money yeah. won. <laughs> Cha-ching. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> I feel like that's pretty crazy. Daniil yeah, Ostapenkov, by the way. Daniil Ostapenkov is the name. He is. Okay. Uh, he still does not have an ATP point. Okay. He has no <laughs> no points. That he is wins the upset of that. No I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I've got I've got a couple here. Uh, just want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, I'm going to keep on bringing this up just because I thought it was so crazy. The Djokovic Zverev Olympic semifinal. Uh, I'm just going to keep on bringing it up. I'm just yeah, going to do it. I'm just yeah. going to keep on chucking at you guys until you statistics. Well, that's, also, that's, that one's fair because if you look at halfway through that match, Zverev being down and broke, I w break, I woke up middle of the break, night yeah. to watch it and I almost just went right back to sleep because I I, I yeah. literally tuned in right as he got broken. I was like, this is over. Yeah. And then I kept watching. Yeah. And what I saw after that, that was the most surprising thing I've seen all year. Yeah, Zverev I did the live stream be, for it. Zverev would be offended though, right? If you said- He would be, yeah. If you said, Sasha, you win upset of the year, he'd be like, F yeah. you. Yeah, but you know what gets offended so easily, anyways. So like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I asked him one thing in press, and he was he got like kind of triggered by it. I was like, okay, bro, you know what I'm trying to say, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think it's more the fact that he came, the position he came from, rather. That's than, what I mean. Yes, rather than winning, right? That's the thing. Uh, it, and as I said, I think that was the only match. I could be wrong, but please correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. But I think it was the only match he won the first set and then ended up going to lose the overall match. And then I've got here her catch versus Federer. One for you, Stephen, uh, Wimbledon quarterfinals. I mean, I think that was pretty surprising, the fact that he lost in straight sets and then got bageled in the last set. Or, or, I mean, I didn't think... He played quite well against Medvedev. It was a pretty good comeback there as well. But I thought he'd be a bit tired. Federer kind of blitzed through Nori. I think the occasion got to Nori a little bit. But I yeah. wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting that, to be fair. From from an insider's perspective in the Federer camp, I don't think that was a huge upset. Like, really, if, if we were being clear-eyed going to that match, like, looking... Looking back on it, you're like, oh, Federer got to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon on one knee because he got surgery immediately after. Like, so, and like, we knew he wasn't moving pro like right in that tournament. Obviously, I, you know, we were all getting excited, being like, oh, he's going to play Djokovic again in the final for some reason, thinking that he would have a chance. Um, so I, I, I expected it coming. I knew her cats was extremely dangerous. And he's like, in my eyes, like a top seven player this year. So I don't know. Not that wasn't, and Federer's 38 years old with, you know, two fake knees. So, to me, it wasn't a huge upset. Okay, fair enough. Vinny, what's your final answer? We'll pick. 
I thought I already given mine, haven't I? Yeah, but has it changed at all? That is, is the no, question. Hasn't. No, not convincing enough, Gil. <laughs> yeah, Alcaraz over Tsitsipas, still my choice. Okay, and Steven, yours? I'm staying with Karatsev over Djokovic. Oh, damn I'm having guys. a split jury here today. <laughs> Vinny, yeah. what did you put? What did you say again? Put the US Open final. Medvedev okay. beating Djokovic. Faison, uh, you gotta on... just—you're like the—you gotta make like an executive order on this. One. Yeah, it's, it's the—it's the judge um, with the. Yeah. You're the judge. Route. I should have brought that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll go with you, Venu, uh, mainly because we both live streamed it, and I think I—I I pretty much I walked off the live stream whilst uh, whilst when Medvedev won, just in in that in that much shock. And then he was like, okay, he'll be back. I think he's just a bit surprised, but I literally just walked off for five minutes to just contemplate what happened. So I'll give it to that mainly because of my own reaction. But yeah, all of them pretty damn and the good fact ones. That it was done in three sets and Djokovic yeah. just, I think it was just that. didn't turn up. Yeah, yeah, you I know, think I, it was that. If, yeah. if we had to get a mo if we had to get a, a verdict passed today on, on this thing, I would I would put my vote to that with Venu. I just had lost all all belief in the next generation big guys like Zverev, Medvedev, Tsitsipas to be able to get it done versus Djokovic in a final just because of the yeah. experience, skill, clutch factor gap between them. So the fact that Medvedev was able to do it in three sets, not get broken in that second set when Djokovic really was pressing and it could have easily turned the match around and closing it out like he did, uh, that was a massive surprise to me and... Yeah, so I'd, I'd 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 throw my lot in there with Venu if we had to get an answer, but yeah, <laughs> the nature of the win, I think. Uh, yeah. Gil, okay, let's let's go on to the next one then. I think yeah, so Djokovic Medvedev US Open final. Although I know Gil wasn't surprised because he, I think you picked Medvedev, but I think did you change it last it, minute? It, before the tournament, I said Medvedev over Djokovic in the <clears> final, and uh, before the match, I changed it. <laughs> he looks so happy about it as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, I've, I've, I've done that twice. You guys want to know the last time I did it before the, the U.S. Open? It was in 2019. I picked uh, Djokovic to win the Australian Open, and Nadal okay. had smoked everyone so badly and looked so crazy good. I changed my pick. Djokovic wins in straight sets. So both times True. I've changed my pick. It has been a terrible decision. Yeah, as an adult, yeah. I, I think I did the same thing in 2019 at that tournament, but I'm not, I'm not, I can't remember. Sure, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, unfortunately, as an adult fan against Federal Djokovic on uh, anything but clay, he hasn't had much success recently, to be fair, unfortunately. Uh, funniest moment of the year, then. Uh, here we'll go with you first. What's your funniest moment? Sure. Of the year? Yeah, uh, it was in a challenger event, and there was a, a sitter. Uh, for Tanasi Kakanakis to put away. And he approached the net. He tripped over his own leg. He fell straight on his face. And uh, to me, I mean, you know, you need video really, but that was the funniest <laughs> moment of the year for me. I laughed very hard. <laughs> That's okay, hilarious. Vinny? Uh, I think um, it has to be Andy Murray getting angry, getting angry at uh, Stefan Sitsipas for um, going for a toilet break. Controversial. That was so <laughs> yeah. funny. And Annie Murray was the umpire. This guy's taking 20 minutes. You know, he was saying, I don't take 20 minutes to go to the toilet. And um, yeah, I, just, I found it quite funny, actually. But the, the tweet cool. after about Elon Musk and Sitsipas was quite funny. I thought that was uh, going into space. I forgot the exact wording, but it was uh, interesting to say the least. Uh, Stephen, what about you? 
I I'd say the Medvedev Bublik moment in Toronto when um yeah. the umpire intervened and then Medvedev <clears throat> just like did his classic one line like take he's like this is gonna be on tennis TV bro and Bublik was just laughing because he probably didn't care and <laughs> it was just like. It was hilarious how like if there was any two guys that jumping in the middle of a point like that was a bad move, it was probably those two guys and uh, the ump kind of got exposed. But that was just funny all around. I've got um, one of them was Fuksovic and Rublev. And I think it was after a string of losses to Rublev, Fuksovic just went up to the net and said, I don't know exactly the words that he said, but he said something like, uh, something along the lines of "Can you stop beating me?" Uh, in, in paraphrasing, and kind of laughed it off. And Rublev just was like sheepishly, like a bit of a smile, and he was getting absolutely destroyed. I think he got his own back later in the year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, at Wimbledon. At Wimbledon, yeah, I was going to say it was Wimbledon, wasn't it? Yeah, which was a really good win, to be fair. So yep. fair play. But I've also got Medvedev doing the fish, uh, the FIFA celebration at the end of winning the U.S. Open. That's preposterous. Yeah, How doesn't that like funny. disturb you almost that he did that? Like, I love it because Medvedev's unique and he's hilarious. But then you look back at like all the all of the highlights when they show like all of Djokovic's final wins, all Federer's, and they're all like crying and like falling to their knees. It's like the yeah. thing that ever happened to them, and Medvedev like flops on the ground <laughs> in, the, in one of the biggest finals ever like played like like too like it wasn't just like a oh, no. a random 2014 US Open. It was like it's, it's so yeah, but what were you going to say? We can say something. I didn't find I didn't find that particularly funny from Medvedev. I find it like, that's really weird. <laughs> but, he's like, but he's like, go down on your knees in the traditional way and cry. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Neil, you peasant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's his. Um, okay, so we've got Gil saying about Kokanis uh, falling on his face, uh, which is interesting. As yeah, I'll. I'll uh, yeah. I'll change mine because for uh, the purpose of the podcast um, and the fact that probably maybe 10% of people know what I'm referring to. Um, I, uh, I agree. The Medvedev Bublik situation was funny. Sometimes I feel bad for umpires. I mean, Medvedev is yeah. absolutely lethal to them sometimes. Um, but in this case, uh, I do think that was pretty funny. Okay, let's go with that. Let's go with that then. Yeah, I think he was, uh, yeah, he is savage, I think. Uh, Daniel Medvedev, uh, but a good character nonetheless. Good for the game. Right, okay, on to an interesting one then. Most improved player of the year. Uh, Vernon, do you want to go first? Who have you got? It was a, it was a, it was really close between Kasper Ruud and uh, Karatsev. Um, I'll go for Karatsev. The fact that he, um, at the start of the year, he was ranked 112 in ATP rankings at the start of the season. Now, in November, he's number 15. So it has to go to Karatsev. Okay. Fair enough. Gil? This is the, the toughest award, and I think the strongest year of most improved player that I can remember, because there are three great candidates. We'll see if we get to the third, but I'm going to give mine. It's Cam Nori. Um, you know, Karatsev... He just he didn't have a great second half compared to what he did in the first half, uh, making the 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 run in Australia, winning I think it was Dubai, um, and making the final in Belgrade. From a rankings perspective, he had the biggest jump, but I think Nori completely comes out of nowhere, and the biggest. The biggest feather in his cap to me is he won a big title. You know, making a run is great, but I think I was kind of on the fence 
And once Nori won Indian Wells, to me, that felt like a wrap that he deserves most improved. Okay. Steven, what do you think? Yeah, both great points. I was originally probably leaning at at Karatsev and then but I was also agreeing with Gil, like the you know, they just moved from different positions. Like I don't know, Karatsev moved from like wherever he was, like 150, 200 to up. And it's it's just easier to climb ranking spots at, at yeah. that level. Everyone knows that. But to go from like 25 or wherever, 30, wherever, or was it like 40 where Nori was at at the beginning? Yeah, the I think it was 40, I think. To go from that to where he is now. And I think the way he did it, because he doesn't have these like obvious kind of athletic ability like some of the other top guys. That like, Because I remember watching him, I was like, oh, this guy's doing pretty well at 50 in the world for, for what he's kind of got with his game with his forehand with his backhand with his athletic like he doesn't look like a physical beast out there no offense cam nori again front of the show i'm <laughs> like i think like you're it's just like i think he's really squeezing the absolute most out of his his yeah. game and or his body and then his game has his 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 way that he's gotten better is so like subtle but it's made obviously such a big impact and it's really cool to watch and it hopefully it gives hope to a lot of other players who are like i'm not going to grow an extra six inches i'm not going to get I'm not going to look like Rafa Nadal ever in my life physically, but you can be pretty damn good and like and like and yeah, win a Masters 1000, which was like I think that's that's the sealer. I agree, Gil. That uh, that's a big time. That's a huge title, right? To win, yeah. and that shows really how far he's come. Yeah, I agree. I agree with both of you. I think um, when you make a good point about Karatsev, I agree though. That I think his second half was a bit weak. Same with Rude. Rude was the other way around. I felt like the first half of his year wasn't fantastic. Second year, he came on a lot stronger, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, Cam Nori, I thought, was really consistent throughout the whole year. Uh, made some good runs at some of the Grand Slams as well. Um, obviously, last 16 at Wimbledon, winning Indian Wells, uh, getting to a few finals as well. So I thought he was really, really impressive. And not just biased because I'm a Brit, but I thought, yeah, similar to what Stephen said as well about him getting the most out of his ability. I think he was definitely squeezing uh, it's really impressive, I think. Uh, and he does seem to be improving, um, not just in terms of consistency, but also his game. But I just think it's not as noticeable because, as, as you guys have said, he doesn't have huge weapons, to be fair. That's um, yeah, really it. I could do a whole nother... I actually did do a video on it, but I could do a whole nother video just thinking about it because I've thought about it a lot. So I'm like, he's... I don't think he's really changed anything. Like, I mean, we got to keep this. We got to get to the next things I know, but we, I don't think he really <laughs> changed much tact like or technically with his game like he yeah he got more i think he gets more i think it's just a lot of confidence and just like knowing how to play with with the shots he has like he really takes the ball up the line so much better than he was and that's to me that makes everyone not cheat and it's he, his forehand he can go up the line or cross court so deadly both ways it's, it's pretty awesome to watch yeah agreed i think he's definitely more comfortable in his game um for sure and so he knows what he needs to do doesn't go for shots a lot of the time when he knows he can't make them so yeah agreed 100 yeah. percent uh, most disappointed player of the year. Um, it's okay, don't worry. I'll hide it in the timestamps. Um, <laughs> Steve, we'll go with you first. Do you have someone in mind? Um, it's hard. Not because I don't want to harp on anyone because you know, I'm fine to do that. Like, I think the, maybe Shapovalov I would put there because I'm Canadian. He's Canadian, obviously. Uh, and it was... I was so proud of... like, And I'm still so proud of him. I'm not, like, I'm not disappointed in, in him at all. I just thought of as the year that he could have had it, maybe it was a bit disappointing. Wimbledon was amazing. It was disappointing. He didn't take that first set off Djokovic. He absolutely should have. But, um, and he knows that. And that's why he was so depressed afterwards, I think. 
But then after that, after Wimbledon, he get he even said to me in press conferences, he just said, "Yeah, I don't really have any goals for the rest of the year." And that was like halfway through the year. Um, he like literally said that. He's like, "I don't have any goals." And and he was and then he later on at the end of the year in Stockholm when he sh- arguably should have won that tournament, he said, "You know, he's like, I lost my way there after Wimbledon. I didn't really, I lost motivation because I thought that was going to be the highest part of my year." And I was like, "You know." that's just kind of a weird mentality to be at. i guess maybe he's like it's a weird mentality to be at when you're that high in the game he's like 11 or tw- 10 in the in the world and you have the ability to beat anyone on tour it's weird to not have and then coming to the the rogers cup or the canadian open didn't play well there he didn't play well at the us open really um and i think you can mark that down to like a mental checkout and he he kind of admitted to that so that that was disappointing for me but he's 22 or whatever so it doesn't really matter <laughs> Yeah, anticlimax for sure. Gil, what about you? I, I totally agree with that. I was really like confounded by a lot of the things Chapo said after Wimbledon. Uh, it didn't make much sense to me. So I don't know. He needs to, well, hopefully he, he can have a more ambitious mindset moving forward that kind of matches his talent level. Um, you know, because I, I think he has the ability to, to do that. Um most disappointing player for me, it's not his fault, but it's Dominic team. You know, if you oh. just look at what, what the year was versus what it could have been, or maybe what we expected it to be like that, that was disappointing. And again, obviously this award comes with a connotation of like, you should have been better. And I don't know if that's really true for team. Uh, he can't control the injury, the mental stuff I sympathize with. And a lot of different players have dealt with that, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, he's my pick for this. Yeah, no, that's fair enough, Fanny. Yeah, I agree with Gil. Um, yeah, Dominic Team. Um, yeah, the fact that he had such a good um, twenty nineteen and twenty, you'd expect him you know, this year to 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 you know get to at least Grand Slam finals. But as Gil said, obviously he had an injury and his um, and mental um, issues as well. So, yeah disappointed that he i don't think he wasn't even in the atp tour final was he didn't even, and um because of his injuries so, yeah. yeah it's a shame Ho- hopefully he's back next year yeah he was supposed to play the exhibition tournament going on now but he pulled out said he wasn't ready so i'm assuming we'll see he'll, him, be show he'll be back yeah yeah uh, agreed uh i've got a couple here uh, i've done my head schwartzman uh, i thought he did he had a really good year uh or a couple of years last two years obviously came out of the top 10. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was pretty disappointing. Probably didn't play as well as he could have. Uh, highlight, he was probably taking a set off Nadal, but then got crushed after that set. Um, and it hasn't really shown much. Like, was that and disappointing? Then, like, did we actually expect anything different? No, 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 no. But I, I think he's just kind of has insult to injury. Uh, that, you know, yeah. he took a set and then he just got, yeah, destroyed. And then Alex Dimonor as well. Mm, I thought yeah. he was really disappointing. So he was in the, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, he was in the top okay. 25 last year. And now he's dropped out. I don't know if he'll be seeded in the Australian Open. I could be wrong. Um, he had a weird but... year. Yeah, he it, did. Didn't he, he have did. COVID and that like affected him? I think he has had it. Um, I don't know about it affecting him, to be fair. But... I thought he said, or people were speculating. I don't know, but yeah. Whatever. A lot of players, you know, it, it hasn't been rare, unfortunately. Like a good amount of players have suffered poor results after COVID. And and that's something that people weren't even talking about when Medvedev couldn't win a match on clay is that he had had COVID and was in a bed for 10 days. 
Yeah. I know Dimitrov had long COVID as well, didn't he? He said he was struggling yeah. with it a lot. Uh, that was like yeah. one of the bigger ones. Sorry. Uh, happy to go Dominic team. So I think Manu and Gil, you both uh, went for him. So yeah, I put yeah. it in with, I put it in for Dominic team as well. It was, yeah, he could have, he could have had a year where it was like two slams. Like, you know, like the, the, he could have been the second best player beside a joker or the best player to be, to be honest. It just didn't materialize. But off 2020, I was like, I was very bullish on Dominic team. Yeah, no, I mean, he's made a lot of finals, to be fair, um, and then won the US Open final in a very weird way. But yeah, disappointing, to say the least, let's see how he comes back. I guess it'll take him at least a quarter of the season to get back to anywhere near the level he was at, if at all. So that's, uh, yeah, keep, uh, keep an eye on that, I guess. Uh, young player of the year, this is an exciting one. Um, Benny, do you want to go? There's a Casper Rude. I think I've been very impressed by him. I think he's only 22. Um, so how young are we talking? Uh, 23 and under. I think he's actually like 24, isn't he? Oh, is he? Wait a second. We can do 24 and under. It's fine. Don't worry. I didn't really specify too fair, so that's understandable. No, he's... Yeah, he's 22. Never mind. <laughs> Back to 23. No. Um, Gil, what about you? What about you? <laughs> um, yeah, Carlos Alcaraz kind of announced himself this year at the tour level and had an incredible finish to the year first title in umag and uh i mean he's he's gonna be a rocket ship so um i'll i'll go with him yeah steven yeah i'd say alcaraz alcaraz just he's so potent it's like it's insane he's um and he's yeah he's 18 i would say alcaraz with a runner-up to jensen brooksby and holgaroon because Holgerun, I think he went up like 450 spots in 2021. It's, I think that's actually the most, the highest climb out of anyone, which is uh, pretty crazy. That is crazy. Uh, I've got, uh, yeah, Brooksby was on my list as one potential sinner as well. Um, although he had a bit of a kind of up and down, but I felt like it was, especially the ATP Tour Finals, I thought he was really good. And Rude made the semifinals of, of that event as well. But he had a good back end. One more title than Alcaraz, but I think Alcaraz had the more notable wins, potentially. Um, which is why I'm happy to go with him. Um, had quarter there as well, but I thought he was a little bit hot and cold. But I feel like he's definitely pushing on. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Alcaraz. Happy to go with Alcaraz. I love Alcaraz. Um, doesn't like being called Baby Nadal, so nobody call him that. Uh, he says he's. When do you think he'll win a Grand Slam? Sorry. When do you think he'll win his first Grand Slam next year? Good question. Should we go around quickly? I don't think. I think it's too early. Go on, Steve. What do you think? This. This is a great. Oh, when is he win his first slam? Not next year. Um, maybe the year after, I think, or t- two or three years after. It could I think? Unfortunately, there's probably going to be a, a a plateauing, which is which is common. Funny thing that I've noticed. It's like a phenomenon. People immediately, kind of like more high level people said, "Oh, he's the next Nadal." He said he plays like Federer, and then Djokovic fans yeah. are obsessed with him playing like Djokovic. It's like the funniest. <laughs> thing like, I don't, has anyone else seen funny. that? Yeah, 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 I've seen it. Yeah. It's very funny. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It is ridiculous. Um, the whole thing. It's very funny. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to happen pretty quickly. Actually, I think twenty twenty three. I think okay. Alcaraz wins the Slam in twenty three. Danny, what do you think? Yeah, twenty twenty three. I think that's a good shot. Would, would Australian Open be his? Gil, what do you think? Would Australian Open fast court be his number one? Mm. Yeah, I. I I think physically, I mean, he's amazing physically, but but there's a lot of contenders uh, on the clay. You know, 
Yes, I would say yes. But remember, the U.S. Open's also been really fast recently. True. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, uh, this year was like ridiculously fast compared to what it was um, yeah. previous years, wasn't it? That's when Nadal loved it, and uh, probably a good thing he didn't play it. To be fair, there's definitely. Sorry, sorry to interrupt there. Uh, there's definitely some uh, over, over, I guess, putting him into the clay quarter box. Uh, yeah. There's no doubt about that because he's offensively absolutely elite uh, in terms of his forehand and even yeah. even his willingness to come forward and finish with drop shots. Like the, he just can't hit spots on his serve yet, and once he can do that, that'll really help him on the quicker surfaces. Other than that, like he's not going to be a clay court um, oriented player, really. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I, I straight up asked him that in the presser at the end of the year. I said, what do you like better? And he said, yeah, fast courts. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I agreed. His serve is like in terms of MPH has definitely improved, but as Gil said, he hasn't really hit his spots in a lot of occasions, but he, he was serving near the 140 mark. Um, when I was watching him in the US Open, which I thought was like, whoa, like you, you don't look like you're a pocket rocket, but you are. And I feel like Kasparud's yeah. probably got more of a, a chance at maybe Roland Garros on the clay. Um, I feel like he's someone who might challenge in, not maybe next year, but in a, a few years' time. Remember, Tsitsipas. Tsitsipas yeah, has just yeah. been getting better and better. He's a monster Agreed. on clay right now. Monster, so. yeah. Yeah. Zverev's not bad either, play, Just thinking about it, it might be the most competitive tournament mm. going forward for the next few years. You got... Djokovic, Nadal, Zverev, Tsitsipas, Team, Alcaraz, Rude. Who yep. could, I could all see like you know doing serious damage there. It's it used to be one guy and everyone else yeah. trying. <laughs> yeah, at least to be, it used to be the least competitive. <laughs> yeah. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, that leaves us to the last category for the ATP, which is best player of the year. Um, Gil, I'll go with you first. Be. Yeah, uh, Novak Djokovic um, comes up one match short of the Grand Slam and um, really dominates kind of at at every corner when it comes to what the storylines were this year, what everyone was excited about, what everyone was looking for. Finishes year-end number one for the seventh time, passes Pete Sampras, Broke the record for most weeks at number one as well. Um, you know, I, I thought even the run to the U.S. Open final um, was was an impressive run in itself, and that was the least successful run at uh, at majors for him. Um, gets through the injury in Australia, beats Nadal at Roland Garros, reigns completely supreme at Wimbledon. He's Player of the Year. Yeah, fair enough, Benny. Agreed. Has to go to Novak. Yeah, yeah. Not not Zverev. I mean, he technically won the most titles. <laughs> I'm joking. Steve, oh, what are you going to get? That's that's called hate. social suicide. <laughs> yeah, that's Twitter. Exactly. If you say anything, <laughs> I I I posed the question was who is the best player after after the U.S. Open, like in that final part of the season. I got roasted for even saying that, for even mentioning that. But uh, yeah, Djokovic, absolutely player of the year. I thought he won the. Australian Open, which was an amazing feat based on all the drama that went down there with that, and then you could, then it could, then the season could have gone any way, right? Like if he had lost the French, it would have just been like, oh, another year. But then him winning the French, beating Nadal to win the French, made it a whole nother. Then we're like, oh, he's obviously winning Wimbledon. Not obvious. Like we, everyone, it was a quite wide margin for him winning Wimbledon. And it's like that's when the um, the calendar slam really came into play, and 
Yeah, absolutely. Every it was Djokovic versus everyone this year, and he was the center of every single storyline player of the year. Yeah, agree. Now that Djokovic wins uh, quality shots best player of the year in the inaugural tournament, and I will send him a DM to let him know so that he can uh, thank me after he'll be as well. Uh, yeah, he'll be stoked. He will be. He really will. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the WTA then. Um, Grand Slam match of the year. Uh, Vedi, do you want to go first? Yes. Um, well, Grand Slam match of the year has to be um, in the Roland Garros semi-final. Um, it's Sakari. I remember watching this. I think we watched it together. Sakari and Kretschikova. Yeah. That was a quality, quality game. And um, the power of Sakari um, didn't really, um, couldn't get over uh, Kretschikova there. And I think... Um, there's quite a comeback there as well. It was nine seven in the in the tiebreak as well. That yeah, was, she was five was... three up. She was five three up, and Kwiatkowska saved a saved the match point as well. Oh, yeah, I'm a, I think, I think yeah. we watched that together, didn't we? Mm-hmm. That, was, that, was, yeah. that was really yeah, match. quality, very dramatic. Gil, Layla Fernandez versus Alina Svitolina at the U.S. Open for me. That was that was perfect. I just can't imagine a more perfect quarterfinal match um, with Svitolina having just so much trauma at the majors in her career and Fernandez obviously on the heels of what was already at that point, a fairy tale run with the crowd absolutely adoring her and, and Svitolina playing really good, aggressive tennis. Both, uh, both women were just so bold and aggressive and there were no nerves there even. And it was kind of weird because it was like, why aren't you two playing really nervous and poorly right now? Because uh, it would make sense if they were, but this was awesome. Third set tiebreak, and uh, Fernandez comes through in classic, epic, gritty warrior fashion. Agreed, Stephen. Yeah, match. I'm just all I can see is Layla's run, so I'm trying to pick the best match out of that out of that run. Sabalenka was good, Canadian. Cool. But uh, I thought Sabalenka match was really good. That one, like, I thought that was too, because I was like, to me, in my mind, I was watching, I was like, okay, yeah, pretty crazy that she's beaten Kerber, Svitolina, <clears throat> and Osaka. This is where it ends, just because of that math. It just yeah. makes sense. Like, if you were betting on it, it's just like, yeah. there's no way. And yeah, it was another one where she just you fa- figured out a way, like, with smart tennis. And it's, yeah, like, she had the whole US crowd eating out of the palm of her hand, which was just, I thought, amazing. My quote, my, my saying was, Layla runs New York. I think it's going to continue. Uh, it was insane. I think the final though was pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. I I haven't been that amped up for like a young per- like this. Just like because it's the I don't know I don't know I don't know why I was like trying to explain to people over and over and over being like Emirati kind of nobody no player has ever won a slam qualifying. Yeah. Like this is like the first time ever something has happened. And then it was Layla, and then it was like it was just two two absolute stars were born in that tournament basically. So I think maybe Agreed. the final. In the final, okay. Um, I've got here is a couple of notes. Osaka Mogorotha in the Australian Open fourth round. Uh, it was three sets. It was really, really good match. Um, from what I remember, Osaka went on to win that tournament, obviously, but said that was her toughest match. I think in that tournament, Barty Crisco was okay, but I thought Barty kind of maybe didn't play her best best uh, level there. So I'm happy to go with Fernandez for Tolina. Um, I was it's a little bit of a sentimental value because I was watching with family. And my sister was going absolutely ballistic. Um, she's a massive fan of Svitolina. And uh, she likes Fernandez as well, but she's liked Svitolina for years. And uh, it was her, 
Like I said, head was buried in her hands uh, for a lot of that final set. And they kept on breaking each other. As Fitzgerald serving for the match and then yeah. Lena's breaking back. And yeah, it was a fantastic match. But yeah, it could easily go to Kajko Sakari or Fernandez Sabalenka as well. So yeah, I'll stick with the quarterfinal, Fernandez and Svitolina. And then WTA match of the year. Uh, Stephen, do you want to go first? This is going to be, maybe someone else go first. I don't have this set yet. I don't know what other people's ideas are. No worries. Yeah, um, I put Bedosa as Arenka Indian Wells final. Really, uh, a really, really good clash there. Obviously, everything, everything you want in tension quality a final big biggest one of the biggest wta sanctioned events of the year um so that's my pick yeah i thought it was great ball striking like one of the best matches i've seen in terms of ball striking all year uh Vanny? um i've gone for the um fourth round of the miami open uh Mar- marie okay. sakari saving six match points against jessica pagula um yeah. that was a really really great comeback from sakari there and um yeah, I've gone for that one. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, now remembering that one, I'd say that one as well. The Pakula Sakari match was just of the matches I saw. You know, I'm not able to see every single match, obviously, but I think from ones I watched, that was definitely the highest level. Insane drama. Also love Miami, the Miami tournament. So I don't know. Yeah, to me, I'll do that one. Yeah, cool out. You covered it before, haven't you? Um, yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Um, I thought that was a good match for Sakari and Pagula. I did have Bedosa Azarenko, but for the ease of time, and uh, I think that was also the saving of six match points. I thought that was really, really good. Um, most exciting tournament of the year. This is really quick. Should we quickly go around? Uh, Venny? Um, I'll put the French Open. Okay, fair enough. Gil? Uh, US Open. I think the, the upsets, the crowds, the environment, the Layla <laughs> run, the Emma run. It was one of the best women's tournaments, probably the best that that I've ever experienced. Yeah, same, Stephen. U.S. Open, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, hundred percent agreed. Agreed. I think Venue is a bit of a bike because you did a lot of the streams to the French Open, but um, you're not much of a late uh, sleeper. And I was in Canada, so I was able to do all the streams. So oh, fair yeah, enough. yeah, <laughs> might be why. But I thought, yeah, the U.S. Open probably the best women's tournament i've seen uh since i've been a wee little lad so yeah i think um <laughs> i will give it to that one upset of the year though uh should we go gil do you want to go first upset yeah yeah rogers over over barty in new york okay. which is the which is an upset that most people when it comes to the u.s open they don't talk about it as much because shelby was absolutely gassed in in the next round and 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 lost very easily um but like Barty had really been the best player in the world uh, throughout the season. And, you know, I just, it was kind of the end of the road for, for her year. You knew she was going to go back to Australia. Um, I just did not see in any world Shelby Rogers beating Ash Barty there. And uh, she, R- Shelby did it comeback fashion uh, with an, again an amazing environment, the U.S. Open crowd behind her, and uh, that that was the stunner. So I'm gonna go with that one. Okay, Stephen. Yeah, that's a that's pretty hard to argue. I would say though, um, Leila Annie beating Sabalenka, just because I don't know. Okay. I thought Sabalenka was playing so well in that tournament, and it's like it seemed like it was her time to finally 
I don't know what her set. She's never won a slam though. No. And I thought it was like, oh, she. You know, and to be fair, if she looked at that draw that she had beating F Fernandez and then Raducanu, she would. She's probably kicking herself that she didn't win that that U.S. Open. Yeah. So, yeah. I thought she was a heavy favorite there. And Layla, after already beat doing three three set matches in a row versus legends, to be able to find more energy and more ability to work through that was to me it was amazing and it was that extremely big upset. Yeah, she made so I, she's never made a Grand Slam final. She's made uh, her first Grand Slam semifinals this year. I think it was at Wimbledon. She lost to Pliskova and then at the US Open uh, against Fernandez. I've put Fernandez Osaka, but I know Osaka was going through a little bit then as well. So maybe yeah. that needs to be catered in, to be fair. So I'm happy to go Fernandez Sabalenka. Venny, what about you? I was going to go for Naomi Osaka. The fact that she, she wasn't able to defend her. Um, US Open title um, and the fact that she was serving for the match in the second set and I know, I know it was against um, Leila Fernandez who did come, was the eventual finalist but um, it was quite sad to see that she wasn't happy anymore um, after the press conference so um, upset of the year I think for me Okay, fair enough Yeah, I think um process of that numbers will go Fernandez Sabalenka US Open semi-final but yeah, I take on board the Rogers Balti one was a really good match. I remember watching that, and same with the Fernandez Osaka one as well. To be fair, uh, funny story of the year. This is an interesting one. Uh, Venu, do you want to go first? I couldn't find anything. <laughs> so I'll leave it to you guys. Fair enough, Gil. Yeah, I also left this one blank. Um, <laughs> I know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, but I, I do have this vague. This vague memory, I feel like it, there was a, a pretty funny fight. I think Ostapenko was involved, which is not surprising. Ostapenko and, and I just, I just can't it? remember. Uh, Mattia Berrettini is with the Australian. What's her name? I forgot. Who beat uh, Radikani? Tomjanovic. 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 Yeah, Tomjanovic yeah. and uh, Ostapenko. Yeah. They got into spat. That was quite funny. Yeah, yeah that that was a little funny. <laughs> it was only a little bit. <laughs> oh, <hello. laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to go with that. I, I, no, it was singles. It was at. I'm pretty sure it was at. I want to say it was, what yeah, it was singles. Wimbledon. Early rounds of Wimbledon. I think. I think okay, so. I'll have a look. I'll have a look on YouTube after. So it's, it's also <laughs> funny because Tamjanovic is the most like mild-mannered player on tour, who's like so affable and easy to get along with. And Ostapenko is the opposite in every way. And like it was kind of Tamjanovic spitting venom at Ostapenko, <laughs> yeah. which was pretty great. Yeah, there yeah. was uh, some interesting words at the press conference. Uh, Stephen? I I don't know. Like recently, again, there wasn't that many. I didn't think there was, you know, it wasn't a particularly comical year. Um, but maybe Venus, the, the rumors of Venus Williams dating Riley Opelka and just like the amount of jokes that were going around on, on social media from both of them messing with fans and stuff like that. I thought it was pretty funny, but... <laughs> That's, well, that's, that's all I can think of. <laughs> that's fair enough. Yeah, let's go. Let's turn around a bit. spat. I thought that was yeah, mildly amusing, to be fair. Uh, most improved player of the year. Oh, there's going to be quite a few candidates here. So, shall we go to you, Venue, first? I'm going for Kachakova. She's yeah, had a very okay. year. So, um gone for her. Yeah, Did she get to the top 10? Didn't she win a Grand Slam? Or she yep, got she won the French Open. She won the French Open final. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and had some deep runs as well and uh, made the top 10 to be fair of uh, WTA rankings I think she's only been playing singles I want to say two three years because uh, I know she was she's a serial doubles winner uh, Gil what about you 
<clears throat> yeah, she's the easy choice for me. I mean, especially if you if you bring doubles into play where she won the tour finals uh, with Sinyakova, won the French Open and the Olympics also with Sinyakova. Um, and her stretch from, I think it was Lyon, the tournament before Roland Garros, which she won. Um, then she won in Paris. And until then, there was a, there was like two months went by. She either won a title, won the tournament, or lost to the eventual champion for like a two-month stretch. It was insane. Considering where she she came from, basically someone who I hadn't watched even play before 2021, easily the most improved player. Yeah. Steven? Yeah, I'll agree. Um yeah, improve can be like what level did you go from to where you got to? And maybe maybe Raducanu like always had that potential. Um, the fact that she had never won a WTA match is insane. Like like it's kind of hard to like that's from like zero to a hundred, like literally, real quick. Um, but then Leila Annie Fernandez, you'd also have to throw in there, I think. But Barbara Barbara Kayakova, yeah, like you guys said, going from like a nobody on singles to to winning the French Open. Pretty crazy. So, yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I had uh, Fernandez and Raducanu as honorable mentions. Bedosa as well. I thought she had a really good year. Made the top 10 in the yep. end. Um, Contavate as well. I thought she had a really good... She made the final, the WTA finals, and had a really good end to the year, breaking into the top 10, and it clicked. But I don't think she was super consistent throughout the whole year. She just went on an incredible run. So, yeah, happy to go Krajcikova. Uh, and what a surprise that was for the French Open, which, to be fair, we had a few of them uh, in the women's game the last four or five years um, at the French Open, but that was an impressive one. Um, most disappointing player of the year. Steven, do you want to take it? Probably Bianca Andreescu for me, just because it's like, it's actually like, it's not comical. It's like, I don't know. It's all, it's insane that to me, like the, the mismanagement of her career, I'm just going to say like at this point, it, it, to me, it's like pretty obvious mismanagement of her career. Uh, for the last year and a half, not saying like, and again, this is no panic. Like she's going to figure it out. She's 20. She's only 20 years old, which is crazy. She won the U S open at 18, but yeah, I think she's a top three player in the, in the, in the WTA. Uh, but she's been absolutely mismanaged by her coaches. Tennis can't, I don't know if the, how involved tennis Canada is anymore, but just like the amount of the lack of playing, the, the amount of injuries. I, I just don't think that's a coincidence. There's, there's, I don't think anyone. I don't think you could win the U.S. Open with a body, and then it'd be that faulty afterwards if you were doing everything correctly. Um, I know this is pretty like it's a harsh opinion, but it's because I know that it can be different, and I think it will. She's got a. I think she's she didn't. I don't, yeah, again, it's like she's not going to the Australian Open. Some people are speculating that because she didn't take the vaccine. I don't know, but um, it's just like weird. I don't know. So it's disappointing based on like how much potential she has, and I think everyone knows that when she's at her best, she's like. Uh, you know, arguably one of the hardest players to beat. Um, and she—it's just disappointing that it keeps coming up. It's all—it's like it's—it's it's getting weird. How it's like always one thing. It's like the Miami Open final. It's like twist her toe or something. It's just like what? Like, just no, it doesn't happen to anyone else. Like no one else on the yeah. men's or women's gets injured that much. And she's such a big name, and she's Canadian. To me, that's the most disappointing. But it's because I love you, Bianca, and I know that your potential is there. Don't take it the wrong way, because I know you're watching quality shot. Yeah, she's watching the <laughs> videos. Um, yeah, a, a tough love from a fellow Canadian. Gil, what about you? Yeah, that's a that's a good 
pick. Mine is uh, I'm going to go with an American in uh, Sonia Kennan, who began yeah. the year at number one and completely physically and emotionally burnt out um, and was an absolute mess the entire year. Uh, split up with her father as her head coach and then is now back with him. I'm I'm just uh, I'm looking for some directive and I'm hoping that that she can get back to where she was for what is now really a brief period, um, you know. But I, I do really enjoy watching her on the court, her grit, her her skill set with her hands, especially on the back end side. Um, I'm just hoping that that she can be happy on the court again. She certainly wasn't this year. Agreed, Benny. Yeah, I agree with Stephen, actually, with uh, Bianca and, and Jessica. I think she's had a disappointing year. And interesting what Stephen has to say about her being uh, mismanaged, um, which I've, was quite interesting to hear. Yeah, so you have to do you have to do a video on it, Stephen. Well, I should. I used to, it's like I don't want to come off as ignorant because it's not like we any of us really know what's been happening yeah. because you know that's intentional, obviously. But hmm. I think at 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 such a if she was if she was seventy five in the world, you wouldn't really care. But she's clearly has the potential to be like winning a slam every year and with the higher stakes becomes the higher scrutiny. And it's like, if she was, if she was British, for example, I think it would be insane what people were saying in newspapers and stuff like that. It's Canada though. So no one really cares. And everyone's nice here. So they're all like, Oh, she's, she's figuring it out. She's figuring it out. But it's like, I'm not even mad at her. It's like, she's 18. She shouldn't really have to be the one managing her, her career. She, she has like super experienced coaches and people around her and managers. And, and it's, I don't know what's happened, but the results show that something is either either she's the unluckiest tennis player in history, or there's been some some something's gone awry somewhere. Um, but the fact she's still here, it's not like her career's been wasted or anything. It's just like it could have. I mean, the pa and, and there's a pandemic, so you gotta. I don't, know, I don't know if you can mishandle a pandemic because it's like everyone's first tried it, but it's it was uh it's been weird. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Agreed. I think I had. Uh, and Jessica Kennan, and off the top of my head, actually, a bit harsh, but Johanna Conta, who retired, obviously, at the end of this year, but I thought she had a pretty disappointing year, and I'm not quite sure where she was. looked like she was going to win a slam uh, a couple of years back, and just completely fell off a cliff, I think. Um, but I wouldn't go with her, but I think it's just some mention. See, that's the British... Uh, the, that's the British... Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I agree, there, right? Man. That's, that's, that's the British <laughs> press being very tough. You know, clearly she's done with the sport... <laughs> And okay, Piers Morgan. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, let's go, Bianca Andrescu, on that note. <laughs> I don't want to be, be tagged, yeah. Piers Morgan. <laughs> In Canada, the equivalent of that is just like, hey, maybe it could have been done better. People would be like, oh my gosh, that's so harsh what you just said. Yeah. I was like, possibly there could have been better options. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Uh, young player of the year. And then only a few options. Uh, Manny? I wonder who, who could this. I wonder. <laughs> um, uh, it has to be Emma Raducanu. Yeah, has to be. Has to. Cool. Be. Might, yeah, Emma. Well, well, Clara Towson. No, I'm joking. Clara Towson. Uh, <laughs> Emma. Player, Emma. Player, <laughs> Emma Raducanu. Unseeded player to win the U.S. Open. Is that right? Yeah, first first qualifier. Yeah, yeah. first qualifier. First qualifier yeah. Yeah. Wow, it's impressive. Mm, yeah yeah that's, well, that's the what's that the equivalent of on the men's side is that the equivalent of like holger rune winning the Austri like the us open 
Yeah, pro- uh, yeah, is it? How about Boris Becker back in the day? Uh, yeah, he wasn't a qualifier, was he? I'm not sure. No, I'm not gonna act like no, I know what Boris unseated. Becker was like when he was, he was like, he was I don't know if he was like this crazy touted prospect, but <laughs> no, I think in the men's side, I don't know, it's difficult. Um, it's apples to oranges because there's, I think, the men's side is less able to be pe- like to be yeah. broken through. It would have been yeah. Alcaraz. What was Alcaraz's first uh, slam main draw? I know he played Australia to start this year. I think that might have been it. It would have been like Carlos yeah. winning winning that Australia because yeah. I, I it do would think have been he like him winning the Australia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which if that had happened, like our brains would have all popped, like exploded. So it would yeah. be like we wouldn't be here. We'd be yeah, frenzy in a hospital or something. <laughs> do you think? Right, Emma. Go on. Do you think Emma is going to win a Grand Slam next year? I would uh, like it to, but I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Why? There'll be a lull like there was with Andrescu, I think. I just, I, I just think it's, it's hard, and she's probably not there yet. In, in all likelihood, she's going to need to manage her, the mental side more than anything. She will never be able to replicate the mindset and the lack of pressure that, and and the ignorance, the ignorance is bliss factor that she had at the U.S. Open. She's going to have to learn how to play with expectation, with with fame, and and all the things that come with that. And I think that will that should take a while. Agreed. Yeah, uh, yeah. expectations definitely changed. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Same, Stephen. Um. Wait. Just as in, as in, do you do you agree about her not winning a slam next year? Yeah, I don't think so. It's it's everything Gil said is correct. Like she, like the U.S. I I never want to be someone who critiques a draw because. On the men's side, people do that all the time in the GOAT debates, whatever. But like she, all of her matches in that US Open were not, like, I don't think she had any like massive, massive ups. Like she didn't play anyone like Fernandez played, not taking anything away from her winning, but it was like, it was a doable draw, even though she qualified and that's still crazy. But you're right. Like she'll never again play with that much freedom. Um, yeah, it's just, and she has the game to win more slams eventually, but. Time will tell. Like honestly, I, I don't know. I told I've told other people. There's so many. There's so many examples of girls who have won their first slam and then really dropped yeah. off. Unfortunately, so that's just yeah. the trend. Ostapenko, Sloane Stevens, Madison Keys, yeah. Bianca Andreescu. Who am I missing? I don't know. There's there's others. Yeah, I think, so, but um, yeah. it's just the trend. Yeah. Hopefully, she can bucket. But it's just so much pressure, and you get three million dollars now, and it's just like your life is completely changed. Like it's like. You could just quit and live out the rest of your life for fun, and maybe that's what some people like kind of want to do. I don't know. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and then best player of the year, uh, Gil Chirodi first. That's a tough one. It is tough. I, I still feel like if you cut doubles out of it, which I think we are, I still think it's Ash Barty, uh, who who wins Wimbledon and wins. I believe it was three Masters one thousands titles. I know Madrid, she won Cincinnati, yeah. she won, um, and I, Miami, I feel like there was a third. Yes, and Miami. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, so three Masters titles, and uh, I feel like you know after 2020, where where she was um, out of action for for most of the year, and people began to question her status very unfairly as the world number one. I feel like this year she very much stamped her mark as the best player in the world, and I really do feel like she has what a lot of other women just don't have in terms of athleticism and firepower and consistency all in combination. Yeah. Well said, Steven. Well said, Gil. I, I love that athleticism point because she does have that 
we all know about her golf skills, but like, I think it's just like a well-rounded athlete that could play a bunch of different sports. There's, there's a shocking amount of tennis players who aren't like that. Like if you threw them a soccer ball, they would like trip, like it would be yeah. it's preposterous. So, and yeah, I think, I think every year there's, you know, someone, someone on the men's and women's who's like the house, like basically the mark that every other tennis player tries to live up to. And I feel that Ash Barty was quite obviously the, the mark for like, or like the house for the women's side this year. Um, it just seemed like she was like the final boss. Whenever you looked at a draw, you're like, is she ever going to crack? <laughs> like she seemed very consistent this year. Um, yeah. To me, it's player of the year um, to Ash Barty. Yeah. She also played um, professional cricket for a franchise in which you guys, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but yeah, she played a whole year. Benny will like that, but yeah, she played for a, so big bash, which is like a franchise tournament in Australia, with all the best players. So she did pretty well as well, to be honest. Uh, she took a break from tennis when she was a bit younger and played a year there. So show she's got multiple facets and yeah. yeah. Um, how old, to how say old is she now? <clears throat> Cause she, she did like retire from tennis, didn't she? Or she like just went yeah, to that's the, like that's Michael Jordan. Did it, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I think I want to say 24, 25. 25 and she's like a professional golfer too so like that's just uh, yeah crazy yeah Vanu, what about you yeah i have to go with ash party um well she won wimbledon as well and yep. um so yeah ash party very um very impressive player yeah five titles in the year so ash party wins our wta best player of the year and then the best player of the year combined so for the men's and women's side and it's probably relatively easy um i'd imagine but uh, let's see, Vanny, what who have you picked? Novak. And I think he's probably next year going to win at least two out of the four Grand Slams. Okay. Early prediction. Like that, Bill? Yeah, Novak with, with a much more dominant year than than Barty, despite Ash's successes, so I agree. Yeah. Steven? Roger Federer. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, Novak <laughs> Djokovic. popular player. We should have had that. Won that one day, he won that. I have, I have a ATP. tweet queued up about that coming out, but I'm like, <laughs> nervous to send it but um <laughs> yeah yeah Novak Djokovic he's uh he's the house money for everyone the biggest dog out there right now he's just doing it he's he's the guy so very interested for 2022 as I always am I always think the next year is going to be the best year in tennis but I think 2022 is going to be <laughs> softy with all the young guys that's a good way to, that's a good way to live your life Steven yeah We'll be 50 years old next year. I was thinking that in 2019 going into 2020 and boy, were we disappointed, but uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I feel like there is a tipping point coming at some point in the men's game, but we shall see. Uh, Thanks very much guys for being on. We appreciate that's all the awards. Uh, Is there anything, any of you want to touch on before we wrap up? No, no. Covered everything. Everyone's really happy. In terms of comeback, sorry. Yeah. Where's Steven? No, go ahead, Vanny. I was just going to make uh, a joke. The comeback of the obviously Andy Murray. You got to have a shout out from his injury, having um, now fake metal hips. And in the, on the women's side, you've got Carla Suarez Navarro. I think she's coming back from cancer. And she's yeah, great, amazing. Right now, it's amazing, amazing um, achievement and um, good honor. So yeah, thought, thought I mentioned that. Fire away the joke, Stephen. Go on. Well, I forgot it now, but yeah, Andy Murray, <laughs> Andy Murray's run at the, it was funny. Like I was, I was able to be in a lot of the press conferences through the end of the season. And I was in some weeks, it was just me and all these like British journalists, like, like questioning everything Andy did. And it was just funny to see, it was really cool to see as like a, you know, a diehard tennis fans, like his process of like believing in himself. Cause literally it was like from week to week he was going, yeah, I'm going to, he's like, I'm already competing with these best players in the world. 
And it's funny because best player, like you put him on like Djokovic, Federer. He was talking about best players in the world, like Hercotch. Like that's, yeah, one of the best players in the world. And he's like, I'm competing. I'm going to start winning and I'll answer all of your guys' questions. And then he just did start beating those guys. And then he's like, yeah, it was cool. To, it was really cool to see his like process of getting back to it. And I think he could, I don't know what you guys would expect. I mean, we got all got to go, but 2022 for Andy Murray, I think he could be like top 10. I don't know. Oh, wow. I'm top 20. I, I, yeah. No, I, I, I predicted him in top 10. Oh, I wow. predicted him in the top 10 for 2021. And obviously he just wasn't healthy, but I, I maintain the fact that if, if Andy's going to be healthy on the court, I think he should get back into the top 10. Uh, you don't, you don't forget and you don't lose the things that once got you there. Um, it just doesn't go away. So, yeah. I think he started to mold his game into a slightly more attacking. Uh, I think strategy-wise, it's definitely slightly more attacking. He's going for more balls down the line, especially on the backhand side as well. I think he backs himself, uh, takes up, takes the drive forehand um, early in a lot of instances as well. So I think he realizes he can't grind as much as he used to. So I think that, that was going to take time. I think it's now we're starting to see it. So hopefully, I hope you guys are right. Yeah, we could talk. I could talk about that forever. Like he had, he had interesting takes about that as well, talking about how players people are just like, oh, you should just be more aggressive. Like yeah, for his style, and he's like, well, that's like that that doesn't really mean it. like that. that doesn't really mean. <laughs> he has funny. He, I love the way he says things. He's like that doesn't really mean anything. He's like, I think he also <laughs> got to, like he doesn't want to be grinding as much. I don't think Djokovic, but he I think Murray got to a place where he was actually comfortable doing these long points and grinding if he had to. Whereas earlier in 2021 if he had a few of those in a match it was kind of toast like he was just like gassed after that so i think he's yeah. physically ready to not have that be like a, a hindrance of his success in 2022 i think yeah i agree with gail top 10 yeah that's a federal quote by the way someone asked him about shortening points and he's like well you have to be willing you don't need to want to play them but you have to be willing to play yeah. them. Well, oh yeah like the longer points yeah yeah. yeah. He said, he said, if even if my, even if I don't want to play shorter points, I can never get in a mindset where I'm not willing to. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, agreed. Any, anything, any last words before we wrap up? No, not really. Just enjoyed this discussion. Um, it's been really good. And then uh, bring on 2022. I think um, Stephen's predicting a, a really close one and um, the, maybe a tipping point in the men's game, potentially. Hmm. Yeah. It's just time. Cool. It's just a, it's just f pressure of time, right? I was saying the same thing in 2018. Going, into, I was like, "Oh, this is the year when the next gen come." But it, looking back, hindsight's 2020. Like those next gen players were like 21, so it actually made like no sense for them to break through mm. then. Really, yeah. you're just hoping for that. Um, yeah. Now they're all 24 ish, and yeah, I think there's two or three guys who who could win, have a really good shot of winning each slam. So it'll be a. Uh, and Djokovic has less of an advantage, I think, than he has ever has, but still an advantage. But I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Love you some butts. Or 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 Nadal comes back and uh cleans up. Yeah. Exactly. Or Federer yeah. comes back and you know wins all four slams and cements <laughs> yeah, exactly. his place. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. Who knows? Exactly. Or Murray wins a slam. Murray wins all four slams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I quit my oh. job, you know, and then it's just like we're good. <laughs> exactly uh, thanks guys for coming on the inaugural uh, awards um guys please remember to check out uh steven at the slice tennis on youtube uh, and also twitter steven broughton i think hopefully i haven't butchered your surname and gil gross as well so gil gross on youtube and i think it's gil gross on twitter as well 
Gil underscore gross, is it? Yeah. Yes, sir. Gil underscore okay. gross. And you can follow Venu at Quality Shot. And you can follow me there as well. <laughs> so don't need to do too much. Just like and subscribe and get involved in those guys' channels as well because they've got some really interesting videos, as you can imagine, from their expert opinion. Thank you very much, guys. Stay safe and well. And I'll see you on the next video. See you all in 22. Thanks, guys. Enjoyed it. See ya.